Do not judge, and you will not be judged. This is probably one of the most uh, misused statements of our Lord in his teaching. Uh, Oftentimes it's used to shame Christians into silence uh, when they're standing up, perhaps for some moral or good teaching. But the way that it's used, that's not really what our Lord meant. As Christians, we need to be able to make good and solid judgments. We're called to do this all throughout the Scripture. Uh, you can look back. Leviticus 19.15 says, Judge your neighbor, neighbor justly. We've got an entire book called Judges in the Bible. St. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 3, do, not, do you not know that we will judge angels? Uh, and, I mean, think about it. Even from a practical perspective, you have to make judgments. Uh, Every day, you need to make judgments about your schedule, about uh, the people you're going to be with, the people that you're going to allow your children to be with. Uh, It's important to be able to make judgments. So what was our Lord talking about when he said, do not judge, lest you also will be judged? He gives a picture of this in this chapter from Luke 18 that we heard today. There's two men. And they're both making judgments. One of them, this Pharisee, he stands up and he makes all these very surface judgments about others. How terrible everybody else is, how they're extortioners and sinners. And then you have another man who's much more humble, this tax collector. And uh, a man who's a lot more self-aware about who he is. And he looks to himself. And he's honest about himself before the Lord looks deeply into his soul, into his heart. Not a surface judgment, a true and good judgment. And he says, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. In his humility. No, our Lord said in John 7, 24, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgments. This is what our Lord is talking about when he said, do not judge. He's saying, don't make these Uh, quick, first impression, surface judgments. You know, if you keep reading that passage where he says, do not judge, you read a verse or two down, he's talking about uh, the speck in your neighbor's eye before you help your neighbor to remove the speck in his eye, you have to remove the log from your own. What's he saying? He's saying that if you're going to judge someone else, which we need to do that sometimes, you need to be able to see clearly in order to do that. That Pharisee, when he was judging everyone else, did not see clearly. He's making these bad surface judgments. As Christians, as followers of Christ, we're called to make good, prudent, wise, well-thought-out judgments. I bring all of this up because in a little over two weeks, we're all called, uh, as citizens of this country, to make good judgments on November 8th, when we have this uh, good and holy responsibility of casting ballots, of electing uh, people for these midterm elections, of making decisions. And we need to do this in such a way that we're not simply going and making easy, quick, surface judgments. This is a temptation, right? There, are, It's easy to be tempted into, oh, you know, you know, I this, I have this one issue that's really important to me, or 
Uh, I like this one particular party, and so I'm going to make all these quick surface judgments based on that. But this is exactly what our Lord is uh, calling us away from, calling us to make good and thoughtful judgments. So how do you do that, though, when it's difficult, when it can be challenging, when the, the issues are mixed up, when you might agree with some of the things that a candidate is proposing, but other things you don't agree with? How do you respond in that situation? The church is very helpful when it comes to these things. Our Lord, through his church, uh, is a good teacher and guides us. The Catechism of the Catholic Church gives us guidance when it comes to these difficult issues, these mixed issues, uh, and using certain principles, four principles, which I'm going to review with you today, but how to make a judgment, a good judgment, when there's a double effect, when the results of your judgment are going to be some, both something good and perhaps not something good. So that's often what happens, especially with elections. You know, you're uh, voting for a candidate that might be good, but it might have some not so good things. So how do you do? What do you do when you're in these difficult situations? So the first principle to keep in mind is when you're looking at uh, certain things, maybe certain uh, policy decisions or stances, you're looking at the, the act itself, okay? So that's number one, the action itself. Does the action itself, is it uh, something that you know, might change if it's good or bad depending on the situation? Or is it just an always bad action? This is what the church calls intrinsic evil. This means an action that's always bad no matter what the circumstances. These are things like uh, deliberate murder, rape, adultery, fornication, blasphemy. It can be never be justified no matter what the circumstances. Okay? So that's number one. First you look at the action itself. Is it an intrinsic evil or is it like neutral perhaps? Or does it depend on the circumstances? Okay? That's number one, the act itself. Number two, look at the good intention. Does it have a good intention? Ideally, uh, you know, when you're voting for somebody, you want to vote, you're voting for something, some good that they're going to do. And if you could, you would want to avoid whatever bad that might be mixed in with that. Uh, you know, a good example of this, of intention, is self-defense, right? So if you're defending yourself, your intention is to defend yourself, your family. Sometimes, though, uh, it's unavoidable that you have to kill somebody in order to defend yourself. You don't want this. This is kind of like the side effect. Your intention is good to defend yourself, to defend your family, but there might be a death as a result, okay? But still, your intention is good. You know, this is why, for example, uh, the church is opposed to the death penalty. So in times past, the only real way to defend society from a dangerous criminal was through the death penalty, okay? But in modern times, uh, that's almost never the case. There are other ways to defend society without having to kill a person. So what's the intention uh, of, of something, you know? So we're opposed to the death penalty because the intention is not to kill somebody. The intention is to defend society. Okay, this is the second principle, right? What is the intention? Is there a good intention? Yeah, there might be a bad side effect, but there needs to be a good intention. This is principle number two. Uh, number three, there can't be some sort of a bad action in order to get to the good intention. For example, you have a, a good intention. You want to eliminate homelessness from our streets here in Jacksonville. 
Uh, but maybe you have a bad means of doing this. You've decided you're uh, going to euthanize all of the homeless people. This wouldn't be good, right? The church wouldn't support this. Or uh, another example, perhaps, is you want to defend the country, and so you want to get some information from somebody to do this. Good intention. Uh, but you decide you're going to torture the person in order to get the information. So this is, uh, this is wrong, right? So this is a bad action to try to get to some good. Or uh, another example of that would be perhaps uh, dis- deliberately destroying the environment, a bad action, in order to supply people with jobs. Right? This is a good action. So you can't have a bad action in order to get to a good action. All the actions to be ethical, to be good and true, need to be good. Okay, so that's number three. No bad, a- no, no bad actions to get to the good action. And then number four is the principle uh, the catechism talks about of proportion. So, yes, there might be a bad side effect, but uh, is it proportionate enough to be willing to go forward with the good thing? For example, uh, you have cancer, and so you've decided to go ahead and get uh, chemotherapy and radiation. Yeah, there's going to be some not-so-good side effects. Uh, Maybe you're going to be tired and you're going to lose your hair. But proportionally, it's going to extend your life. And so you're choosing to move forward with the chemotherapy in spite of the bad side effects. It's a good proportion. Now, on the other hand, maybe you're 99 years old and you're thinking to yourself, if I go and get this chemotherapy, this radiation, I'm going to be stuck in the hospital with the little time that I have left and not going to be able to be with my family. And so in that situation, you're probably going to think to yourself, this is not a good proportion. And so I'm not going to proceed with this cancer treatment in this situation. So that's number four. That is proportion, okay? Uh, this good outcome you're trying to accomplish is it in proportion to this not-so-good side effect, this bad side effect. So these are the four principles when you're making decisions that you need to think deeply about, okay? Looking at the action itself. Is it intrinsic evil or is it just neutral or a good action? Uh, uh, that's number one. Number two, do you have a good intention? You want to avoid the bad part, the side effect, but do you have a good intention? Uh, number three, is there any bad actions that you're using to get to the good? Uh, and then number four is proportion. Okay, So uh, one of the big uh, topics of debate uh, following the reversal of Roe versus Wade in our country is abortion. So we use this as an example to kind of think through these four principles in a difficult situation. I know these are things that are coming up. They come up often in the news. So it's important that we as Catholics be properly equipped to be able to respond to these difficult situations. So you have a woman, she's pregnant, and she has cancer all throughout her uterus. The doctor is recommending that the uterus be removed. But if that uterus is removed, it means the child in the womb is going to die. So what do you do in this difficult situation? Uh, Use the wisdom of the church. Go to the catechism of the Catholic Church. Look at these four principles. So we're going to look at the action itself first, right? That's number one. Uh, Is it intrinsically wrong, always wrong, no matter what the circumstances, to remove a cancerous uterus from a woman? No, it's not always wrong. This is not an intrinsic evil, okay? So it passes that pass number one, principle number one. Number two, what's the intention of this? Is there a good intention? Is the intention to kill this child? No, the intention is not to kill this child. The intention is to save uh, the life of this woman. 
to remove the intention system, to remove this cancerous uterus, okay? So there's a, there's a good intention. If the bad could be avoided, it would. Sometimes it can't be. So we have a good intention. That's number two. Number three, is there a bad, is the bad action, you know, this child's going to die because of this, is the bad action the cause of the good action? No. If that woman were to simply get an abortion, it wouldn't be like all of a sudden the cancer would be gone and the uterus would be healed. This bad side effect that's going to happen is not the cause of the good of removing the cancer. It's not the direct cause. It's simply a side effect. So that cancerous uterus needs to be removed. And then number four is proportion. Does it make sense in this situation, looking at the proportions, to move forward with this operation? So if you don't remove the cancerous uterus, the mother's going to die and the child's going to die. Uh, so your best bet is to go ahead and remove that cancerous uterus. Yes, there's a side effect that we don't want, but the proportions are there. So the action itself, the good intentions, number two. Uh, there's no bad actions to get to the good, number three. And then the proportion. This is what the church calls the double effect. So there's a good outcome to what you're doing, but there's also kind of this bad, not-so-good side effect. And this is how you think through, not at a surface level, but with depth, with thought, with the church in these difficult situations. Now, you can also apply this same understanding of thoughtful decision-making to these elections coming up, because there's good things that are going to come out of them. There's some not-so-good things that are going to come out of them. As Catholics, uh, we're not one-issue voters. You know, we don't go to the polls and just make quick, easy, surface decisions. This is what our Lord is uh, teaching us to avoid that temptation throughout the Gospels, especially today's Gospel. Uh, Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger, prior to his election as uh, the Pope, um, now Pope Emeritus, but um, when he was the head of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, he said this, when a Catholic does not share a candidate's stand in favor of abortion or euthanasia, but votes for that candidate for other reasons, this can be permitted in the presence of proportionate reasons. You need to have good, serious reasons to do this. You know, as Catholics, we understand uh, abortion to be a pretty serious issue. Standing up for the unborn is very important to us. Uh, and so to vote for a candidate that is uh, for abortion, there needs to be some pretty good, pretty serious reasons. It can't simply be because you like the candidate more or you favor a particular party. Uh, Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger, future Pope Benedict, now emeritus, he went on to say, Voting in this way would be permissible only for truly grave moral reasons, not to advance narrow interests or partisan preferences or to ignore a fundamental moral evil. So you have really good reasons to do that. Uh, pope Francis, our, our current pope, he wrote this in Gaudaute et Exalte, Exaltate. Our defense of the innocent unborn, for example, needs to be clear, firm, and passionate. For at stake is the dignity of uh, human life which is always sacred and demands love for each person, regardless of his or her stage of development. Equally sacred, however, are the lives of the poor, those already born, the destitute, the abandoned, and the underprivileged, the vulnerable, infirm, and elderly, exposed to covert euthanasia, the victims of human trafficking, new forms of slavery, 
in every form of rejection. So yes, abortion is important to us as Catholics, uh, but there are many issues, many things to take into account when we're going to the polls, when we're going to vote. You know, how much can this particular candidate influence, uh, you know, abortion? Uh, and all the other issues, the care for all these different vulnerable peoples that Pope Francis uh, mentioned in, in this teaching to the church. We need to not make these surface uh, decisions. You know, as Catholics, we don't check our brains at the door, but we think carefully, fully in depth about these things uh, with the assistance of the church. Voting is uh, a heavy weight. Now, I feel that with you. You know, we've got to like dig into these candidates and find out what they believe. Uh, we're grateful to these candidates. You know, they're, they're serving the common good for our country. It's challenging and it's hard to get ready for these things. Uh, but it's a good and holy thing. And the good news is, is that you're not alone. You have the church to help you. You have the teachings of the church to guide you, the magisterial teachings or the catechism of the Catholic Church. We have these four principles when it comes to tough decisions that I mentioned today. Decisions that have two outcomes, you know, this double effect, as we call it. Uh, to consider the action itself, number one. The intentions, number two. Is there any bad actions that you're using to get to the good actions, number three. And then the proportion, number four. So prayerfully, humbly, thoughtfully, uh, make these decisions, these judgments that you're called to. When it comes to elections, when it comes to any difficult situations in your life, following the help and with the help and the assistance and teachings of our Lord through his church. May we make good, solid, well-thought-out judgments that honor God. Amen.